Welcome to 54 Live, your live golf podcast. I am your host, Digsies, and Cameron Smith has secured his first victory on the Live Golf Tour this weekend in Chicago at the Live Golf Invitational Chicago Rich Harvest Farms. And uh, it was a great week for Cam Smith. He played amazing golf all week long. He started out in the first round, six under, followed it up with four under, three under in the final round, and he won by three strokes over Peter Uline and Dustin Johnson. So once again, the big names are coming and playing good golf. We saw it two weeks ago with Dustin Johnson and then now with Cam Smith. And honestly, looking at the landscape of golf right now, not going by the official World Golf Rankings because we know those aren't up to date and correct because they're not including the live golfers. So just by my eye being a golf fan, and if you're a true golf fan, you're going to agree with this statement. If you're a PGA Tour diehard, you're not going to agree with it. But you know, if you're golf fan, a true golf fan, and you can, you know, look at both sides of the apple, you're going to agree with me. I would say right now, sitting where we are on September 21st, the top five golfers in the world are Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, Cam Smith, Xander Schauffele, and Dustin Johnson. Easily, those are the top five golfers right now. You can make a case uh, for Cantlay and JT um, to be right, right there, nipping at DJ's heels. But if you told me right now I had to pick the top five golfers in the world, Scheffler, Rory, Cam Smith, Xander Schauffele, and Dustin Johnson. And we, we see it, man. Like I know people are going to say it's only 48 hole, uh, only 48 golfers. There's only 54 holes, no cut, what have you. But you know what? You still have to play the game. You still have to play the game. You have to play to win. You still have to beat 47 guys. Okay, so Cam Smith did that this week. Dustin Johnson did that two weeks ago. They're beating top-notch guys, the fields and the official World Golf Rankings, or even looking at the majors, like the major champions in the Live Golf fields, there's a number of them. They're some of the best golfers in the world in the history of golf are on this tour. You're looking at Phil Mickelson. He had a great week this week. Phil Mickelson finished in eighth place, six under, his highest start. Like He didn't get past 35th the first four tournaments. He finally found his form. And you're looking at Phil Mickelson. You're looking at a top 10 golfer in the history of golf. So if you're sitting there right now and you're telling me that Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson aren't in the top five golfers in the world right now, you're not seeing the big picture. Okay, so... You're not. But like I said, Cam Smith won. Peter Uline, DJ came in second, 10 under uh, behind Cam Smith, that 13 under. Now going to the team format once again for the fourth straight w- tournament in a row, the four aces took home the team event and they had a little scare on the back nine smash with the Kepka brothers. Um, they were, you know, coming up behind. They were trying to get that first spot. Chase Kepka had an amazing final round. I believe he was six under in his final round. He played great. Um, so 
five under in his final round. So it was it was exciting to see because pretty much the last few holes there, you knew Cam Smith was going to walk away with the individual championship, but the team championship was up in the balance until the last hole. So it was exciting to watch. And honestly, which team is really going to step up and, you know, take the mantle from the four aces because the four aces have won four tournaments in a row you had smash behind them this time um last in boston you had the crushers right behind them Ironheads were leading for a while you know the stingers are good with the uh, south african players you got the majestics with stenson westwood and polter so there are some other good teams right now but the four aces the way dj's playing the way taylor gooch is playing the way patrick reed is playing I'm not going to say the way Pat Perez is playing. We'll get to that in a second. But the threesome of Reed, Johnson, and Gooch have been unstoppable the last four tournaments. Now, look at Pat Perez, right? Pat Perez, just from the team aspect of the tournaments, in the past four tournaments, he's made $750,000 per tournament. That's $3 million that Pat Perez made and... It's just from, you know, he had a decent week this week. He, he came, uh, he was even par 31st, but he hasn't, you know, I think one Sunday he was, they, they used his score, um, but he's just been riding the coattails of DJ Gooch and Reed. And honestly, if, if you ask him, he's not going to complain because he's just sitting back cashing a fat check, $3 million. And that's not including the money that he's made for the individual part. So, you know, that's probably another $150,000 minimum. So, you know, he's looking at like $3.5 million since he signed on with Liv. And that doesn't include a signing bonus if he got a signing bonus. So if you look back at Pat Perez's career earnings by year, um, 2001-22, that's this year $1 million on the PGA Tour. Last year, $1.2. 19, 18, 17, I'm sorry, 19 and 18, he made a million. 2017, 2018 season, he made just under $3 million. 2016, 2017 season, he made $4 million. So the past four years, he's made more He's made more in the past four tournaments than he did in the past three years combined. That is crazy. And looking at this right now, he's only made, the most he's ever made in a year was 2016-2017. He made $4.3 million. The following year, 2017-2018, he made $2.96 million. Every other year has been under... $1.75 million. So he's made, and he, he ha, he's played on the PGA Tour forever since 2001, 2002. So pretty much 20 years now. So he's made more over the past four tournaments than he did 18 years on the PGA Tour. 18 different seasons on the PGA Tour. That is insane. And I'm sure that Pat Perez is very happy that he made that move to live golf because he's cashing the checks. He doesn't have to play a lot. And you know, like they have the Asian tour now, the international series order of merit for these golfers to go over there and gain world ranking points. Pat Perez ain't going to do that. His career is, is on the back. He's on the back nine of his career. He's just looking right now to play golf and to cash a check. And he is successful in that. So, 
He might not be playing the best golf right now, but business-wise, Pat Perez is a genius. The way he's went about this and the amount of money he's making lately. Now, let's talk about live schedule. Okay, If you follow me on Twitter, you know that I tweeted something out on Sunday that the numbers on the YouTube live broadcast were down. Uh, there was only 81,000 watching. I think it got up to 89,000 uh, by the end of the tournament. Um, now, the final round in Boston got over, it was like uh, 762,000 views the day after. Okay, so obviously it's an international tour. There's people in India, Asia, Australia that are going to watch at a different time. They're not going to watch it live when it's live in the U.S., and the same thing's going to happen in the next two weeks when they go to Bangkok and Jeddah. The people in the U.S. are going to have to watch on delay. They're going to have to watch when the tournament's over because, you know, only the diehards are going to be waking up at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning on the East Coast to watch it. Um, so the numbers, you can't really look at the numbers right when the tournament ends. You have to give it 24, 48 hours, but given it 24 to 48 hours, it's been about 72 hours now. The final round of Live Golf Chicago got 200 87,000 less than they did in Boston. Now, there's two reasons for that. Okay. The final round, just to, to give you the full numbers, the final round, Live Golf Invitational Boston got 866,000 views as of today. And Chicago got 579,000 views. That's 287,000 less. Now, I'm sure they'll probably get another 100,000, maybe 50,000 over the next two weeks. Live Golf Boston, the final round was two weeks ago. So you have to factor in that. But still, the numbers are down. And the reason why the numbers are down, there could be two factors. And I know one factor definitely is the reason why. Number one, the PGA Tour had their first event in the new season, the Fortinet Open, Fortinet Championship, whatever they call it, the Fortnite Championship um, on uh, in Napa Valley on Sunday. Max Homer won that. He beat Danny Willett. Well, Danny Willett beat himself, um, which gave Max Homer his back-to-back championship. But the second reason is NFL football. Okay, we all know that NFL is king. And when you have a final round going up against NFL football, you know, you're not going to get the same amount of views you're going to get on a regular Sunday when there's not football going on. Okay. Now just look at, if you just look at the second round, okay, the second round in Boston got 485,000 views. The second round in Chicago got 405,000 views. So only 80,000 less. Now the second round was going up against college football. College football was playing that weekend. Um, live the live golf Boston week. Weekend, but it was week zero, maybe even week one. So it wasn't as enticing and exciting as it is now being week four. So college football, you, you can go up against college football and still put out a good number. But if you want to go up against the NFL, that's going to be an issue. So I, I asked my followers on Twitter. Okay, I tweeted this out. I did a little poll. I said, should live golf end their season before the NFL season starts? As of this morning, the numbers are yada, yada, yada. We just went over the numbers. So 60% of the people said no. They shouldn't 
structure their season to go around the NFL season. And I was a little surprised by that. 40% said yes. 60% said no. Um, There's some people that uh, commented, you know, for the U.S. market, yes. For the world market, I'm not sure it matters much. Maybe the international tournaments outside the U.S. should be pushed later so that the U.S. events aren't up against U.S. football. I said that as well on Sunday. I think that... They, next year, there's 14 events. I believe 10, 9 or 10 of them are going to be in the U.S. Now, the final event is going to end probably beginning of October in Miami next year at Trump Doral. You're going to keep that event in October. You're going to keep that event in the U.S. But the other two events in September, or even if they have three events in September, make those the international events. Make those the Jeddah, the Bangkok, the Australia, what have you, because you know what? They can start, or, or even London would be a perfect uh, a spot to do it, because you can start early in the morning. The event can end at 12 noon Eastern, right before kickoff for the NFL. Um, if you go even further um, out East to Jeddah or Bangkok, uh, you can have these events ending at you know nine ten o'clock in the morning. How great would that be? That you can wake up, have a cup of coffee, watch the last two hours, the back nine of the Live Golf event, and then get right into your football Sunday. Now, some people said, "I'm a golf fan. I don't care about football." Those are going to be outliers. You're going to have those people watching golf and not caring about football, no matter what. You're going to have golf fans that don't care about football all over the place. But the major, I, I, I honestly believe that the majority of fans are also sports fans. And if you're a sports fan, 80%, maybe even 90%, of the time, you're an NFL fan because NFL is king. It's the most popular sport in the world. I'm sure European football, soccer might be up there with it. I don't know what the numbers are um, in regards to that. So I I can't speak on that. I'm not big for soccer, but I know that the NFL is king. And when the NFL is on the market, and the demographic is going, especially the young kids, the, mo- the the demographic that Live Golf is going after, the 18 to 34 demographic, especially with the way gambling is now in the United States, it's pretty much legal almost every single state. If it's not, you're still able to make bets. Fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, 18 to 34 demographic, they are obsessed with gambling. They're obsessed with fantasy. They're obsessed with daily fantasy. So you know that if they have money on the line, they're going to be watching the football game rather than, you know, the golf event that's going on. And if it was on a national cable station, like let's say Fox Sports 1 or what have you, it might be easier. You can switch over to it. But being that it's on YouTube, you know, people can't, you have to sign, you have to sign into YouTube. You have to open up the app. You can't just change the channel and go to next. So it's a little bit harder. Now, granted, you can have your phone streaming YouTube and, and streaming live golf. But then again, most of these people, they're streaming red zone on their phone. They're watching the game on their TV or vice versa. When NFL football Sunday is going on, most people have two devices that they're watching the games on. So I don't know. I, I don't know if Greg Norman and the powers that be will sit down and go over this when they finalize the schedule for next year. Now, a tentative schedule has came out. Uh, let me pull that up for you real quick. So next year, there's going to be 14 events. You're going to have two in February, Florida and California. In March, you're going to have Tucson, April, Australia, April, Singapore, 
May, Washington, the week after the PGA Championship. June, Philadelphia. July, London and Spain. August, New Jersey, Bedminster again. West Virginia, they're going to the Green Briar. Um, September, Chicago. September, Toronto. And the finale is going to be September as well, Trump Doral. Now, right now, if I'm looking at this, okay, what I would do now... The event in Spain is the week before the British Open. So you want guys over there. You don't want guys to have to be in the U.S. and then have to travel over the week before the British Open. Most people that play the Open Championship, they get there early or they play the Scottish Open the week before so they can get the jet lag behind them. They can get on the time schedule there. Um, So you probably got to keep that Spain event. But what I would do is the July London event, okay, I would switch that and I would do that as the second to last event or the, the the third to last event. The two events in the beginning of September, Chicago and Toronto, I would switch one of those to July and put the London event there because the London event in the beginning of NFL, week one or week two, you could have that end early. Um, also, um, April, Singapore, April, Australia, um, you probably got to keep those because of the weather. So, I wouldn't make too many changes. I would just do the one change right now. Obviously, it would be ideal if come September, well, well, that first September event, if you could have it the first weekend of September before the NFL kicks off, you're only looking at one event outside the team championship, the finale going up against NFL, and that could easily be fixed by just switching out London for Toronto. In July, you go to Toronto. In September, you go to London. You finished at noon before NFL kicks off. So this way, you only have one event that's going up against the King NFL football. That will be the finale at Doral. And again, that's a finale. That's going to be the Live Golf Championship. You know, people will tune in for that. You know, we saw it time and time again. What, what, what about a few years? ago when Tiger Woods won the tour championship that was going up against football and I guarantee you the football fans were tuning into the tour championship you saw how hectic it was at Eastlake with the fans rallying around Tiger and I know I was at a family party and we shut off the football and we put on the tour championship for to watch Tiger so if it's enticing and engaging you will switch off the NFL to watch that and the end of the season team championship the finale is enticing and engaging um, my worry is, you know, that one or two events early in September. But hey, again, we're talking about 14 events in the year. Only two might go up against NFL. They might not worry about that. But an easy switch as moving one from London into September and one of the ones in Chicago or Toronto or Mexico into July. If I was Greg Norman, I would do something like that. But again, I'm not. Maybe they know better than me, and maybe the numbers I'm working off aren't as bad as I think. Maybe they more people watched it on Facebook or what have you, and maybe they'll have a streaming service or a national cable TV place to host their events next year. And I know, I believe it was Apple TV turned them down. I think Fox Sports would be the perfect marriage for them. Um, Rupert Murdoch, he's from Australia. Greg Norman's from Australia. They just got out of bed with the PGA Tour because they were losing money when they took over the USGA events, um, the amateurs, the Women's Open, the US Open. Um, Greg Norman worked with Fox. He was the announcer and, and uh 
color analysts for Fox for the U.S. Open when they first had it. So there is a relationship there. Um, Fox just got out of golf. I don't know if they want to jump back in, but hey, Liv has deep pockets. The PIF, Public Investment Fund, has deep pockets over in Saudi Arabia. They might turn around and say, hey, we'll pay you to air us. We'll pay you to show our event on your networks. And it doesn't have to be Fox. It could be Fox Sports. Or, or, and, you know, I think that Fox and Liv would be a perfect marriage. And I don't know who else would pick it up. Maybe Amazon. They have the big deal with the NFL now. Do they want to take something else on? Um I don't know. Hulu is in bed with ESPN. ESPN is in bed with the PGA. So the, the options are limited. The options are very limited. But you have, you know, outside the box thinking like DAZN, D-A-Z-N, um, Fubo. But at the end of the day, I think Fox Sports and Liv makes the most sense. All right, now looking at the 2022 Live Golf Individual Champion Rankings, uh, right now, after Chicago, um, DJ is still in first with 118 points. Brandon Grace is still in second with 79 points. So DJ extended his lead. I think it was 19 points um, last time we went over this, and now it's 39 points. So he extended it by 20. Um, yeah. At 20, it looks like 22 because he got 24 points. Brandon Grace got two in Chicago. So DJ extended his lead. Cameron Smith now jump up, jumped up into third by grabbing 40 points in Chicago. Um, Charles Schwartzel's in fourth. He got 13 points in Chicago. Matthew Wolf is in fifth. Louis Oosheisen's in sixth. Peter Uline jumped up to seven, grabbing 30 points in Chicago. And rounding out the top 10 is Carlos Ortiz in eight, Taylor Gooch in nine, and Patrick Reed in 10th. So as we stand right now, DJ has a tremendous lead, um, about 39 points. And it's going to be very, very hard for someone to catch him because... You know, that's a lot of points, 39 points. You know, granted, if DJ plays bad one week and Grace wins, there's 40 points right there. But the way DJ is playing, I don't know. I, I, I think that it's DJ's to lose. And I, I think at the end, of, you know, now don't get me wrong, Cam Smith. I could very well see Cam Smith jumping up there and um, maybe you know, taking over and, and winning the year-long event. Um, but my question is, and I, I don't know, now the last event of the year is being dubbed as the team championship. So does that mean that there's only two events left for the individual championship, the events in Jeddah and Bangkok? Um, after that, is it going to be done and then the last event in Miami is just going to be a team championship. I don't know if we got news on that or got that sorted out. But again, we shall see. I'm sure going into next year, we'll have the full picture. Again, this is just they're getting the, the webs off. They're getting shaken out the kinks this year. And come 2023 is when they're going to be really, really rocking. Now, looking ahead this week, we got the President's Cup in Quail at Quail Hollow. And, you know, it's a team international event. You know, every time the team events come around, USA events, Ryder Cup, 
President's Cup. The USA fans get jacked. It's great watching these guys represent their country, but let's be honest, okay? Right now, USA is a minus 500 favorite. That means you would have to bet $500 on USA to win $100. And that's a little bit absurd. You know, normally when you're looking at the betting odds for these events, they're like minus 250, maybe 300 on the events that, you know, like actually right now, looking at the, that was minus 500 was last week, looking at the updated odds, it went to minus 700. So you would have to bet $700 to win $100. Um, so Obviously, U.S. is favored very highly. Uh, the event starts tomorrow at Quail Hollow. The President's Cup is four days, not three days like the Ryder Cup. And the USA team is stacked, okay? It's completely stacked. You got Max Homa, Sam Burns, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, Kevin Kisner, Justin Thomas, Billy Horschel, Colin Morikawa, Cameron Young, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Schauffele, and Tony Finau. So the USA team isn't missing any guys on live. Now, obviously, DJ, if you threw DJ in that, that bunch, you know, it would be even better. But, you know, they have 12 studs there. They're not, you know... Obviously, anytime you miss a talent like DJ, top five golfer in the world, you know, that hurts. But with the talent they have, I don't think they'll be missing them much. On the opposite side, the international team is missing their talent. They're missing Cam Smith. They're missing Neiman. They're missing Usheisen and Grace, the veteran leadership. Um, and like, it's, it's ridiculous when you look at the guys on the international team. Uh, you got Sebastian Munoz, Taylor Pendrith, Mito Pereira, Corey Connors, Hideki Matsuyama, Siwoo Kim, KH Lee, Christian Bezenhut, Cameron Davis, Tom Kim, Adam Scott, and Sun J.M. Now, looking at that, who are the premier players? You got Matsuyama, of course. You got Adam Scott, of course. Sun J.M., of course. Other than that, you know, the rest of these guys are like B players, C players. So it's going to be a bloodbath at Quail Hollow. And I really think that the event might be over by Saturday night. So it's it's very upsetting that these guys on Live Golf aren't allowed to play in the President's Cup. Now, the President's Cup, if, if I'm correct, it's really backed by the PGA Tour, I believe, um, whereas the Ryder Cup is is not so much backed by the PGA Tour. And when they had the event in Wentworth last week that was short in the 54 holes because of the death of uh, Queen Elizabeth, you were able to earn Ryder Cup points there. So all the Live Golf fans, all the, I'm sorry, all the Live Golf players that played in the, the event in uh, Wentworth, they earned Ryder Cup points. And when you taught, when Keith Pelly was interviewed, he didn't say anything about banning the European Ryder Cup guys from the Ryder Cup. So on the USA side, I don't think they're going to allow the live American players to play for Team USA on the Ryder Cup. But Team Europe, I think that they might be able to play. Or, or as of right now, as it stands, they might be able to play. So, you know, we should see that also. Um, Answer Ortiz. Those are guys that would be on the international team as well. So you got a good six players over here in Live Golf that could easily be thrown onto the international team. Um, Leishman, uh, Matt Jones, uh, like I said, Cam Smith, Usheisen, Swartzel, Grace, Neiman. 
So there's a lot of, honestly, you could probably put an international team together with the guys on Live Golf, and it would be better than the international team you have right now. Just looking at it, you have Neiman, you got Usheisen, Swartzel, Grace, you got Leishman and Cameron Smith, that's six. You throw in Carlos Ortiz and Abraham Answer, that's eight. Anabar Lahiri, that's nine. So you just throw those nine guys and you could get another three from here. Um, you know, like Sean Norris or Wade Ordsby, what have you. But if you just throw those nine guys with Matsuyama, uh, Sanjay M, and Adam Scott, you're looking at a formidable foe. But right now, they don't have a formidable foe, and it's going to be a bloodbath. I'll definitely tune in um, at some point this weekend, definitely Thursday and Friday I'll be watching. But other than that, honestly, it's like you remember the last President's Cup, the international team got off to a good start, and we thought like, oh, wow, maybe this will be Maybe this will be the the year that the international team will will upset them when it was down in Australia. But what happened? JT got going, Tiger Woods got going, and they turned around and they won. Anyway, that does it for this week. We got a shorty this week. We are working on a few interviews that we're trying to get some guests for the upcoming weeks. Um, The next event will be October 7th to the 9th in Bangkok, then October 14th to the 16th in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, and then the season-ending team championship at Trump Doral, October 27th to the 30th. Uh, Make sure to rate, review, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at 54LivePod. We just started Instagram at 54LivePod as well, and on TikTok at 54LivePod. So enjoy the President's up this weekend. I'll check you all out before the event in Bangkok. And uh, yeah, it's Diggsy signing off for 54 Live. Later.